0: Today's November 9th, 2019, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week in Duel Links, it's mostly the event, Transcend Game Part 2. We finally get to get our new character, but it's not the one that I expected, frankly. I expected that we would get the unknown duelist, but instead we got Sarah. We're gonna talk about Sarah's Uh, Unique dual abilities, the new cards we get from the event, and also her level-up cards and things. Um, We're also getting into a silly discussion about what Neuron Gears are. I had to do some reading to find out what they are. But a lot of debate on Twitter on whether we are collecting eggs or something else. Um, Also this week we're going to talk about esports. There's a new deck coming out. A uh, new development in Invoke decks that we're going to check out. Also, let's see what else there is. Mission Circuit, a new card from Mission Circuit. So we'll talk about that. Um, not much else. Doug Dim will have a deck of the week. And due to uh, which, will, what, what we'll call editing magic, I currently do not know what the deck of the week is because currently it is the night of november 8th 2019 and it's not actually november 9th but we'll pretend it is when we mix it all together so um, doug's deck of the week is currently a surprise and we'll find out later in the episode what it is i'll magically know what the deck of the week is all right so my week in the duel world so last time the uh turbo duels ended um i didn't really i only got one doppel warrior i think i, I don't i didn't make out too well with that um so that event definitely needed improvement but in terms of ranked duels I decided to begin the season with uh vampires what what uh sprung this idea is I've always liked playing vampires they were a deck I got king of games with multiple times they fell off the meta and I with that 99 cent sale I opened up some of the Vendred box and I got plague spreader zombie as my free UR I wound up getting another plague spreader zombie by buying through some of the box for some of the Synchro So But you only need one to make vampires go back. And I'm playing some games. I'm not playing a ton of games again. But I am in Platinum 5. My win rate is good enough. And I'll I should be in Legend in no time. So I'll just talk about the deck real fast. So you're playing Bandit. Bandit Keith. Bandit is a Pretty good skill with Vampires because they lose a lot of life. Um, you know, they have to pay 500 every time they they get a special summon and a tutor or something. You could pay 500 with Vampire's Domain. Um, some of them, like Grace, you could pay 2000 to summon her from the graveyard. There's a lot of things you could do. And, um, you know, Bandit, you steal your opponent's card, the set card. But you have to have lost... 2500 life so that's quite a bit you're kind of playing dangerously but very good skill another skill that could work very well if this is a destiny draw of course because you lose it's easier to lose 2000 than 2500 and then you could draw whatever vampire card you want to win the game so um yeah so basically this deck you try to max out on your um disposal card so three samurai skull if you have three Gozuki, go for three. But only have two, so I have two Gozuki. Uh, one copy of Plague Spreader Zombie. I don't think you need two. Um, you're not really. You, this isn't really a synchro deck, but this gives you an option for some outs. Two play synchros. Two copies of Retainer and two copies of Familiar. These are, you know, the workers of the deck. You toss them with your disposal monster, and then you bring them back. Typically a play I like a lot is I Samurai Skull, I toss Retainer, Retainer uh, comes back and I toss a monster probably Grace or something and then I get Vampire Takeover and then I summon Grace next turn. Um, One copy of Vampire Vamp uh, she's a big one now. If they ever put a monster out with over 2,000 attack, you could win the game the next turn. Very solid. Two copies of Grace Um, previously played around with Grimson. Grimson's a card you can put into the deck I have two copies of Grace here sub out Grace for Grimson if you want to play Grimson two copies of Vampire Kingdom the field spell um you know it's the core of the deck two Econ one Vampire's Desire arguably the hardest card to play in the deck um really test the skill of the player if they really know how to use vampires desire one copy of domain domain will help you set up the ramp um typically for the vamp play one copy of vampire takeover of course for that special summon and to put the field directly on the board which is very good and then three simultaneous loss this is a very good card um four vampires each player sends the top card of their deck to the graveyard, you just use it for hard removal. You can use simultaneous loss and grace in the same turn to pop two cards. And then the extra deck. My extra deck is pretty bad, actually. I have one Scrap Dragon, one Armadides, one Gigantic Castle, one Samurai Destroyer. And I didn't get the Red Eyes um, Necro card that works with Plague a Zombie. So instead, I have Revived King Hades and Archfiend Zombie Skull. Revived King Hades actually has a very good ability. Negate the effects of effect monsters destroyed by battle with zombie monsters you control. It actually negates them in the graveyard permanently. You destroy that dragon egg, and then it can't activate in the graveyard. They try to activate it, it gets nullified. So this is actually one I would keep. Archfiend Zombie Skull is just there for filler, frankly. You need three um, materials to do it. Uh, So, Plague Spreaders, 2 stars. Retainers, 2 stars. You need, like, three of those guys on the board, which is a bit clunky, frankly. Might have to switch that for something better. But Anyways, um, that is my zombie deck. It's pretty fun, and I'm having a blast playing zombies again. Let's move on to competitive esports. Duel Links Meta Weekly, number 97, I believe. So basically what happened here was Dark Lords were gone last week, and they are back. Give them enough time, they take over the meta. They're just a clear-cut Tier 1. I expect them to be top dog in the Kaiba Cup uh, uh, upcoming soon. First place, Ericsson, tie that binds Dark Lords. Um, a disturbing finding here in Dark Lords, in this community, is that Lava Golem seems to have become a staple card in the deck um dark lords have very good sustain they even with the nerfs they found creative ways to come back primarily with dark lord and dusk which allows you to revive uh, i mean you send those cards back to, from the graveyard to the deck so you just keep recycling it's an endless loop lava golem helps end any stall potential that your opponent's trying to deck you out or whatever you just pop lava golem on them Second place Sham Sorcery Conduit Parshaf Invoked. So notable, notable thing about this deck is this is the new invoked deck with a Parshaf package. You could play this new invoked deck without the Parshaf package. And furthermore, this deck involves both new monsters. So what what's the same, right? You got your three Alisters, two Flip Flop Frog, 3 Cosmic Cyclone, 2 Invocation, and then for this deck you have the Parsheth package. 3 Rebirth of parchef 2 Cursed Seal of the Forbidden Spell, which is actually a very good tech card against Invocation or Neos Fusion. They can't activate the card for the rest of the duel, so that's game over for those decks. And then 2 Ultimate Providence, kind of all-purpose, uh, Effect, Spell, Trap, Negation. What's different now? This deck has three Scrap Goblins. This is an Earth monster. It helps the deck get into the Invoked Magellanica play. And Scrap Goblin, it's a Tuner as well. So um, what happens here is it's a level 3. Alistair's level 4. It lets you play Black Rose Dragon. That's the only other Synchro in this deck that's not Parsaf or a Fusion monster. And Scrap Goblin can't be destroyed by battle. If it's face up uh and select that as an attack target you could destroy it you destroy it at the end of the battle phase if it's destroyed by the effect of a scrap card and sent it from the graveyard you can select a scrap monster in your graveyard and add it to your hand so that's not really consequential but it just survives that turn I think and the other card that is seeing play is retaliating c um this is one of those c insect cards during either player's turn when your opponent activates a spell that includes the effect of special summoning a monster you can special summon this from your hand if spo- summoned this way this while this card is face up on the field any card sent from the f- sent to the graveyard is banished instead if this card is sent from the field to the graveyard you can add one earth insect monster with 1500 or less except for retaliating C. So this is the other card that they use for this Uh, Magellanica play and this is pretty obvious it's really good against invocation they uh, or even magicalized fusion I think so they special summon the monster you bring this onto the board and then any card sent from the from the ban to the graveyard is any card sent to the graveyard is banished instead so very good against those cards and yeah that's all I have to say about those two uh, new additions to invoked Third place, negative one, uh, draw sense high level, plasma, ritual beasts. This is pretty much what ritual beasts are for, to play plasma. You have three monsters on the board, pretty easy with their swarm capability and also ability to contact fuse and defuse. And yeah, it's pretty much just setting up a play for plasma. Plasma is a bit like vampire ramp. You target the opponent Monster, you equip it, and then it gains attack equal to half of that monster's attack. So it also negates the effects of monsters while your opponent controls them. So that's doubly good for. It's better than vamp, but less attack. And then some of the core cards: Winda, Canahawk, Petalfin, Elder, Apelio, Lara, Ritual Beast, Ambush. This one doesn't have the uh, quick play. From the archetype that you normally see. And of course they have all those contact fusions. In 3rd place Biscayea, uh, BL, Kaibokor, Bling, Dark Lords. Uh, pretty much the same deck as before. You have Lava Golem again. They have they rely on Cosmic Cyclone. Uh, this one has 3 copies of Dark Lord Desire though. It's a pretty good card. Send any monster to the graveyard. This card loses a 1000 attack. And the Prismatic card here for Kaiba of course, is Banishment of the Dark Lords. Move on to the next tournament, Battle Phase 22. It's been a while since I've covered this tournament, but um, Invoked decks were the most common in the top 32 here. First place, KC Full, uh, Draw Sense High Level, Plasma, Ritual, Beast. Pretty much the same deck as before, 21 cards. It does include the Quick Play Spell ritual beasts bond um yeah. yeah you're just playing cards playing the ritual beasts to help play your plasma second place spectra phantom sorcery conduit invoked so this one has you know two copies of retaliating c as i mentioned uh they don't have the scrap goblin so that it's pretty much the sole earth monster in this deck One interesting thing about this deck is they typically run Flip Flop Frog as the water type removal card. This deck runs two copies of Flip Flop along with a Gale Wizard and a Nightmare Penguin. So all of these cards have the similar ability of bouncing a card, but they are slightly different. Gale Wizard is a flip effect. You can target any one of your opponent's monsters. Nightmare Penguin, uh, target one card your opponent controls so it could hit back row. And then the frog uh, does something different as well. So they all have slightly different abilities. Third place, Shadim, Sorcery Conduit, Invoked, Scrap Goblin version, three copies of that card, and uh, in the uh, synchro decks, uh, Black Rose Dragon and Samurai Destroyer. Samurai Destroyer is a good option, kind of like if you want a level 7 Armodities, that's a Beater that hits by back row, Samurai Destroyer is pretty good for that. And of course is a generic has generic requirements for tuners and non-tuners. We'll have to hit that level 7, of course. And third place Karn, Destiny Draw dark Lords. Very interesting. It has Valhalla, Hall of the Fallen. This card is this is a card that has huge play potential. Um special summon any fairy monster from your hand once per turn. So you know any of these dark lords are fairies. You can just get them onto the board. And um, yeah, it's possibly even faster. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen this deck. This one doesn't have uh, Lava Golem, only one Dark Lord Desire, but Valhalla should be pretty good in um, getting your monsters out consistently for the deck. Last tournament scene I'm going to talk about is Duel Links Taiwan. Typically, the scene with the zaniest uh, decks. These two decks, of course, That's to win with both. First place, Mister Zero, sealed tombs, ritual beasts, and grit metaphys. So interesting. This is why I talk about zany. Every deck, every ritual beast deck we see in Dueling Meta is a plasma, is an engine for plasma. This one has no plasma in it. Um, I was gonna make a joke about plasma TVs, but that's kind of over everyone's head. But anyways. Um, there's a Lava Golem here. Play straight with Ritual Beast, though. There's nothing here that could really beat you there. Herald of the Abyss for removal of a monster. Galaxy Cyclone for your back row. Just one copy. One Ritual Beast bond. Three ambush. The rest are monsters, so... This really relies on the power of Ritual Beast. Pure straight Ritual Beast here. Then Grit Metaphys. I hate this deck so much because it doesn't let you do anything on your turn but pretty much the same deck um dropped off the meta a little bit but it's the same exact deck two daedalus three Nephis, three two tyrant dragon three aloof lupine three gold sarcophagus three a sim metaphys two soul absorption two metaphys dimension second place Le- levi L- Levi son destiny draw dark lords and posthumous army dark lords these two are very similar decks um destiny draw version runs a lava golem and cuts out a nastin posthumous Harmy um dark lords cuts lava golem you have three nastin otherwise you know the same sustained build with am dusk uh two cosmic cyclones are the back row really three banishment of dark lords two contact one sanctified dark lord of course no morning stars two desires the other cards are pretty much Set in stone. Third place: Osama. Balanced Triamids and Destiny Draw Magnet Warriors. Balanced Triamids, a uh, very very generic deck. Um, no. Sometimes you see like a tech card against the meta. They use Mirror Wall. Mirror Wall is kind of a tech card, big monster meta. And Destiny Draw Magnet Warriors. The weird thing about this deck is there is no magnetic field spell here. And. You know, it's just a, it's a very aggressive deck. You've got three Cosmic Cyclones and a Hey Trunade. The goal is just to blow them out with those cards to remove the back row and then hit with the big monsters. And third place, and Fox, Sorcery Conduit Roach Invoked and Sorcery Conduit Scrap Invoked. I think this is the way we should call these decks because that's the only main difference of the decks. These decks are exactly the same. Three Alistair, three Flip Flop, two Invocation, two Cosmic. 2 Concentrating Current, 2 Econ, 3 Floodgates. The only difference are those 3 Retaliating Sea or 3 Scrap Goblin. Yep, that's it. So, yeah, that that's basically the development of the week, is this new Invoked deck. And, you know, those are monsters that no one ever played, ever. Those two Earth monsters. So, they are really... Invoked is a really fun archetype. You could just discover something new every week. And they have a real threat in, uh, in the upcoming Kaiba Cup. So Let's talk about that transition then to the tier list update. They're probably going to do a Kaiba Cup version of the tier list. But right now, Dueling's Meta says Dark Lords are tier 1. Tier 2 we have invoked. They've come up from tier 3. And yeah, it's really about their vers- versatility. Use play around monsters with different attributes. You have something good. Fortunate Ladies have dropped down to tier 3. Um, they say they get hurt by spiritual beasts um bounce fortune Lady every of course yeah bouncing fortunately is the nightmare fortunately every would rather be destroyed and then come back and win the duel the next turn not good high potential we still have Crystron and ritual beasts, and then the cart the the archetypes that have fallen out magnet warriors, neos and usenjus I think out of these decks magnet warriors are still still a threat and neos will probably will see because everyone bought that structure deck so uh, yosenju we kind of saw it coming it's these effects these not that great effects going off battle battles going off so i mean battles going off is just the obstacle right now right so that is it for the tier list update so we're going to move on to the discussion of transcend game part two And interesting thing about Transcend Game is any, you know, classic Yu-Gi-Oh! fan has no idea what this is. Because this is based off the DSOD movie, of course. And then the Transcend Game itself is from manga. So this whole storyline is manga-based. And what I noticed is that they're calling things Duel Links in the manga. And I'm not sure what tie that has with this game or if they're trying to make... They're trying to introduce this game... As a subset of the story, uh, I think that might be part of what they were trying to do. But, let's talk about Transcend Game. Transcend Game Part 1, we saw the Unknown Duelist rover around. She dropped a lot of the original cards, which were uh, Duza, the Meteor Cubic Vessel. I think we got Constellar Algeti, Cubic Mandala, Constellar Virgo, Constellar Aldebaran constellar star cradle yeah, those cards so mostly constellar cards and a cubic two cubic cards it's time we get additional cards and we get to unlock a legendary duelist but it is not this unknown duelist it is Sarah um, so Sarah was in the movie she's a little girl uh, I think Igami's sister or something and igami is the guy who's like the main bad guy in DSOD. Um, and um, I guess let's talk about the uh, thing what we're collecting for the duel. Looks like an egg, I think. Um, they call them Neuron Gears. So I tweeted out, you know, call these whatever you want, but I think we're collecting eggs. And this tweet actually got quite a bit of traction on the Twitter, so let's talk about these. Doug Dimond Duel, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk, uh, has a GIF of Frank... From um, It's Always Sunny. Can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? I think his name's Frank. Whatever. Danny DeVito's character. Uh, Card Game Penguin says, But the magic of it is that they are Blue Eyes White Dragon Eggs. Okay? I think Blue Eyes White Dragon Eggs, we've seen them enough. (laughs) They're like a Stone of Legend or whatever you call them. Pro Bench Warmer. um, Easter Event. Um, I'm trying to think about whether they... They they did a Halloween thing with Bones before. Easter... I don't know if Easter's too Christian or or what. I don't don't know if it'll ever happen, but... That's pretty cool. We are collecting eggs. That's kind of what we're doing. We're the freaking Easter Bunny. Or the kids, you know, collecting eggs in the park. The L game says, Yay, what's for breakfast? Eggs, of course, are a core of breakfast. Of course... You know, It'll be great to make eggs, but who has the time? I feel like I wake up too early for work, and I don't have time to make eggs. But uh, plenty of people do. Dualinks Lounge, a streamer, says we farming breakfast. Yep, seems on the same same um, wavelength as the old games. Eggs for breakfast. Hs deck tech, old buddy uh, who did uh, 99 episodes or 100 episodes of this podcast. I ah, yes, the classic gear look. Some of the um, jokes we had back then was how silly Yu-Gi-Oh was. I think it was always like weird the decisions that they made or whatever thing they did was really weird. This was kind of one of those decisions. You're farming these eggs for <laughs> for currency, I guess. Curly-haired hero. When you collect enough, you have to fertilize them to unlock Prana. Okay, so another thing about our eggs. Tracy Cakes. Lol, I legitimately thought there were eggs on 2 until it said Gears. Yep. I think it was all intentional. We're all getting there. Uh, Mistizies, 1231. Jay Alanis says, how did all these eggs get here? Uh, Through a lot of auto-dueling, frankly. <laughs> uh, Dr. Magnus. Uh, Nymphonomicon says, eggs, 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 eggs. And finally, Tokyo Escobar V Music Side. Eggs Fam. And then we, uh, I got a retweet from Marble Scrabble, Aquiline, says, looks like you haven't come to the great realization. These aren't eggs. Uh, Kimururu, who is a Japanese guy, um, did pretty well in the K- in the KC Cup. He placed eighth in the fourth Kaiba Cup, eighth in the fifth. I think I first in one of them. Anyways, he circled uh, the unknown duelist's rack. Breast, and then he also circled the eggs. I think he's... I can't read Japanese, but I think is implying these are implants. We are collecting implants. But anyways, what are neural gears? Neuron gears? They're VR devices. Um, I think they, in the manga, they are intentionally there to look like eggs, so they kind of look like eggheads. They're just kids who are t- playtesting... Uh, duelings a new virtual dueling system for kaiba and they're all wearing these uh neuron gears on their heads and they're kind of like eggheads i think that's the whole joke and it's a virtual reality dueling there's like it's a it's basically a helmet and then the lid comes up they're all sitting around in virtual reality dueling but um it's kind of funny that they made our currency, these Neuron Gears, without really telling us the backstory behind it. But that's what they are. They're not eggs. They're not breast implants. They are virtually, virtual reality headsets, basically. All right, enough about non-dueling things. Let's talk about our new cards. These are from the farming event, the ongoing farming event. Constellar Meteor, you are a Trap Card. During the turn this card is activated. If an opponent's monster battles a Constellar monster, and the opponent's monster is not destroyed, shuffled into the deck at the end of the damage step. This is a stall card. It, per- it serves to prevent your understated monsters from being attacked. You activate it before their battle phase. You kind of dare them to attack, um, and then they get they lose their monster. It gets bounced back to the deck, which is better than returning to the hand. In my opinion. And, um, even, it it doesn't protect against effect destruction, banish, all those things, but it's just ready to hit with their Dark Lords. You could just do this. And while the archetype has no removal associated with it, so this is something for Constellars that gives them a little bit of playability. Of course, this, this could be played around, right? You could, they could send their weakest monster in for the hit. And, like, they're Dark Lords, right? They're all really powerful monsters. So you send the weakest one or whatever, the one you can't recycle. You can play around it. There's many ways to play around this card. But, given it's the first hard removal for Constellars, we might have something interesting here. The other new card is Constellar Zubinashamali. Level 5 Light Machine, 2100 attack, 1400 defense. When this card is Normal Summoned or Special Summoned, you can add one Constellar Monster from your deck to your hand. So this is a combo piece. We have Constellar Virgo, which is from the Unknown Duelist event. I think from the same one from the... You could get it again, basically. Level 5. When it's Normal Summoned, you can Special Summon one level 5, Constellar from your hand, in Phase of Defense. So you get Virgo out on the board, and then you could combo with Zubanesh and Shamali will tutor one card for you. So you basically have two level fives. And what Constellars are, are an XZ's deck. We can't play XZ's currently, but you get these cards now. And then they'll be quite handy for XZ's. So definitely, you know, get these cards in your bank. Um, they might have some playability whenever XZ comes. Alright, let's talk about Sarah. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that. They gave us this character after teasing out the Unknown Duels for so long. I really like the design of the Unknown duelist, And I thought it would be cool if Sarah was the character on the screen. But then during the duels, it is the Unknown duelist Because that's really what it goes on. She uses that player character as an avatar for her duels. So that would have been a really cool twist in my opinion. But it is what it is. And Sarah gives out... Four new cards for her level up rewards. First one is Constellar Rasselhaeg. Level 2 Spellcaster, 900 Attack, 100 Defense. You can tribute this card. Special summon one Constellar Monster from your hand or graveyard in face of defense, except for Rasselhaeg. This is a little ramp card here. Helps special summon monsters from this archetype, so you just play it, and then you tribute it, and then you ramp it to something bigger. Got early and late game use, very important. In early game, get the monster from your hand. Late game, get a monster from your graveyard. And then there's specific synergy with the next card, Constellar Antares. Get three copies of this card, though. Uh, also, three copies of Antares. Constellar Antares, level six machine, 2400 attack, 900 defense. When this card is normal or special summoned, you can target one Constellar monster in your graveyard added to your hand. So basically, you could just play. Rassel Hague. Um, tribute it for a Antares in your hand. Your Antares is basically special summoned. And then you get the Rassel Hague that's just been tributed in your graveyard and added back to your hand. So it's good, good recycle right here. And basically it's a one move 2400 attack. Uh, only a 900 defense. 2400 attack is, is impressive though. But you know Synchro Plays and whatever we have right now... It's not too impressive, but it would have been really OP back in the day. But it's not a bad move uh, for what it is. And then, Constellar Sheraton. Level 3 Beast, 700 Attack, 1900 Defense. When this card is Normal Summoned, you can add 1 Constellar Monster from your deck to your hand. So this is the All-Purpose Tutor card. helps you tutor any of your spell or monster Constellar cards. Seems very important, um... There is specific synergy though with Alderbron. Alderbron is uh, an old reward, but we still have it. Level three Light Beast Warrior. When this card's normal summoned, you can special summon a Level three constellar from your hand. So you're not going to get the ability off obviously of this tutor, but you know XZs right? Level three, level three. You make your rank three play there. So that is you know just for being three stars and existing. That is what the use is for Sheraton. cards aren't too bad, frankly. We just need to have something to meld it together. The other card, which you only get two copies of, is Guardian of Order. This is not even a Constellar, not even a Cubic. Level 8 Light Warrior, 2500 attack, 1200 defense. If you control two or more Light Monsters, you can Special Summon this card from your hand. You can only control one Guardian of Order. This is kind of like a... um, extra step cyber dragon it costs another monster on the field no way, cyber dragon comes out for free never mind uh anyways light monsters are common in dueling, links so it's not crazy that we'll see this card down the line it's got no ability it's just a free 2500 um i think the best use for his card is being a big body for synchros it's like a three I mean, eight stars for Synchros, and then you could turn to like a Star Eater with level 11 or something. I don't know. Uh, The 2500 attack is big, but not too big, right? Ty that binds, you're not going to get over 3,000, and the goal is to get over 3,000 with um, getting over all the Dark Lord monsters, which are typically around 3,000. So Um, it's a big guy, free big guy, but not the biggest. That will limit it a bit. You need two monsters on the board. That's not a huge limitation in my opinion, but I think it's just a lot of stars. I think that's the point of this card. Um, Let's talk about Sarah's dual skills. Wave of Enlightenment is the first skill we get. All monsters you control that have an attack equal to their defense gain 300 attack until the end of the turn. This skill can only be used once per turn. So this is like a tie that binds as the upside of tie that binds because the most he gets three hundred. It's um, meant for Doza the Meteor Cubic Vessel because that has sixteen hundred, sixteen hundred. I'm sure there are other monsters that it works for. I'm too lazy to go through every single monster, but um, you know this really limits what decks could use this skill. Um, I don't think there is a meta deck where every single card is the same attack and defense. Oh wait, Forch, fortune lady. Oh, fortune lady. Every always will have the same attack and defense. So I guess that's. I guess this this skill isn't completely unplayable, but fortune ladies would rather have time passage. Of course, this is just the upside of tie that binds. It's good. It's great that it could be used every turn, but it's just limited to those monsters. Maybe when more cubics come, it might be a playable skill. The next one is Life Charge. Well, life Charge, Life Charge, Scott already has, so never mind. But it's a level thirteen reward for Sarah, and no one's really ever used the charge skill since they've come, so not worth talking about there. Afterlife Lockdown. This is a level twenty reward. Until the end of the turn, if a cubic monster you control destroys an opponent's monster by battle. Shuffle the destroyed monster into the owner's original deck instead of sending it to the graveyard. This skill can be used once per turn. This is potentially useful. It has the same impact as Sealed Tombs or Posthumous Armies. Kind of like lock down that graveyard. It's not a bad thing. It will just completely kill certain decks like um, Dark Lords or... Well, not Dark Lords. They could just get it back from whatever. But like Blue Eyes. Blue Eyes... Have a ton of ways of coming back from the graveyard, so this is a very good uh, ability against those decks. But what it is is you're limited to those cubic monsters, so this is pretty much unplayable until we get more cubic support. And then attack pulse, attack 8,800 pulse can only be used if you control exactly one monster, one level four monster with an equal attack and defense. That monster's attack becomes 8,800. Returns to its original value at the end of the turn. For the rest of the turn, after using the skill, your opponent takes no damage. The skill can be only used once per duel. So this, why is it 8,800? It's a lore thing. It's kind of with the manga, uh, the unknown duelist was fighting another character, and then its attack became 8,800 just out of the blue. So it's kind of like an unexplained ability, but that's what the 8,800 is. I don't think it has any meaning, but um. This is super situational. You have to have that level 4. Same attack and defense. Which is pretty much you know, your cubic vessel. But it's useful for clearing your opponent's big threat. It doesn't matter if they don't take any damage. It will just be broken if you beat them in that one turn. But what hurts is that decks have more than one big threat. Dark Lords, every monster's pretty big. Um, other decks have huge extra decks to deal with. They're different synchro monsters. Um, you know, fusions, there's various fusions running around, so they don't really have just one big threat that you're going to use this ability on. So, yeah, um, I I don't really see this being too good. So that is it for Transcend Game Part 2. While, you know, while these cards aren't... uh, Before this event, I was wondering whether these cards would have an e- event or the character Sarah would have an impact on the Kaiba Cup. I would say no, uh, safely say that none of these cards, not neither uh, Sarah would make a big impact on the Kaiba Cup at all. But it is a good base to build on when we get f- future characters like Agami, you know, some of the Cubic Monsters, and of course, the Constellar Monsters are useful when Xyz comes. So I'm not disappointed about these rewards at all since they do have some um, potential for future play. Alright, so let's move on to the other new card that we're getting Centaur Mina. This is another Sherry card uh, from the previous um, circuit things where we got those free cards. Fusion Monster, uh, Light Beast Warrior, 6 stars, 2216. Fusion Material of Sacred Knight Spearholder and Horse of the Floral Knights. Of course, it's a person and a horse. Once during each of your turns, you can negate the activation. Of an opponent's trap card and return to its original position. So, you know, the materials suck, the stats aren't really good. The ability's not the worst, frankly. I mean, you negate one trap card, and they're kind of screwed if they only have one trap card instead of econ or something. But this is just made moot because Six Samurai Shen is just better in every single way. Um, you know, better materials, easier to do, better stats, protections, whatever um It probably would have been okay back in the game's beginning, but Six Samurai and exists, so this is pretty much superfluous at this point in the game. Now it's time for Doug Dimmenduill's casual deck of the week, and this week he has Sylvans. Never my favorite deck to play against, but that's a nod to how much they frustrated me and how good they actually were. They were a very strong um tier deck. And with the lift of the nerfs, it's kind of what I did with Vampires. I brought that deck back, and it's actually winning me some games in Ranked Duels. So there's no doubt that Sylvan's can still do it. I faced them. They're still a viable threat. So Doug duel took Sylvan's, and the difference here is since the nerfs, these decks have been exposed to Synchro plays. I don't think I ever really tried... Well, I did try Synchro Vampires, but I don't think Synchro Sylvan's were ever a thing. So Doug here takes... Some tuners, a couple tuners, and also Jarve Avarice, for example. Cards um Jarv Avarice is more of a you know long game card, but Sniphus and Spore are some of the tuners that will allow Sylvan's to have this synchro flexibility. So here is Doug Dimadul with his casual deck of the week.
1: Hey there, this is Doug Dimmadool with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. This week, I want to run through a Sylvan deck, now that Sylvan's have been uh, pretty much unnerfed, and now that the uh, changes have occurred on the uh, most recent limited list. The only card that's still on that list is Rose Lover, uh, which is a plant, 800 attack, 800 defense. You can banish this card from the graveyard, special summon one plant type monster from your hand, and if you do, it's unaffected by your opponent's trap effects this turn. You can only use that effect once per turn so uh really really good card but um everything else uh is for, is fair game so you can run three copies of your sylvan uh Comash rumo and of course the three copies of sylvan uh marshall if you want to run three copies of each if you're running a sylvan deck so at least my deck build it's mostly monsters and just one uh, trap card that I run three copies of, and that one trap card. And you could change it depending on what you're uh, I guess what you're trying to do. But I like to run Jar of Avarice, and this is where you target five cards in the graveyard, except Jar of Avarice. Shuffle all five into the deck, and then draw one card. You can only activate one Jar of Avarice once per turn. So this allows you to late in the game really control what you want to put back into your deck for additional milling later on in the game, because that's one of the issues with a Sylvan deck, is if you get past turn 5, turn 6, turn 7, and you're milling a lot of cards out of your deck, you really kind of run out of moves. Uh, But Jar of Avarice really restocks your deck with what you want to kind of put in there, and um, you're able to really make some magic happen. So, as far as the deck list goes, I run my three copies of Sylvan Sylvan Coma Shroomo and it's the plant to a 2,000 defense, where when this card is flipped face-up, you can choose a number from 1 to 5 and then excavate that many cards from the top of your deck. Send any plant-type monsters to the graveyard from that that number 1 through 5, and also place the other cards on the bottom of your deck in any order. Uh, If this card is excavated from your deck and sent to the graveyard by a card effect, you can target one spell or trap card on the field and destroy that target. So this is one that you want to, you know, really kind of open your hand with, so maybe the restart skill could be pretty good, because this gets you through a good chunk of your deck. Uh, The one non-plant monster that I run in this deck, and I just run one copy just for the heck of it, is uh, Snifus. It's a Beast Tuner. It's only level 1, 100 attack, 100 defense. Once per turn, you contribute one plant-type monster to select and destroy one face-up card your opponent controls. When a plant-type monster on the field is destroyed while this card is in the graveyard, you can special summon this card from the graveyard. If you do, remove this card from play when it's removed from the field. So this one, it has some synergy with the plant monsters, but you have to find another way to put it into your graveyard, maybe by setting it and letting it get destroyed, or some other way. But the other tuner, and I only have one copy of this, and I think it's one that you could get from one of those... um, uh anniversary boxes or whatever it was one of those special boxes it'll probably be an sr in an upcoming box set soon but that card is spore it's a plant tuner 400 attack 800 defense if this card is in your graveyard you can banish one other plant type monster from your graveyard special summon this card from your graveyard and increase its level by the level of that banished monster each player can only activate the effect of spore once per duel so it's a level one you can banish a monster, you can get some really, really good synchro plays going. That's why my extra deck is all different level monsters, depending on what I want to use it for, because you're probably only going to have one to two synchros per duel using the Sylvan deck, but anywhere from Star Eater, which is a level 11 synchro, all the way down to level 5 uh, synchro monster for Armades uh, Keeper, Keeper of Boundaries. So really, it just depends on what you want to do, and that's what makes Sylvan's now such an interesting and flexible threat is the ability ability to really open up your extra deck with all the different synchro plays so moving on i have my two copies of rose lover i know that's the one that's still uh, semi-limited so just kind of run that copy i run one of sylvan hermitry it's it's a pretty good one i mean it's a 2700 attack i think it's a level eight uh once per turn you can x excavate the top card of your deck and if it's a plant type monster send it to the graveyard and if you do draw one card otherwise place it on the bottom of your deck if this card is excavated from the deck and sent to the graveyard by card effect look at up to three cards from the top of your deck and then place them on the top of your deck in any order so this allows you to do a little bit more control as to what's going to be milled next or what you're going to draw into overall really good card But this is one of my favorite ones. I got three copies of my World Carrot Weight Champion. Uh, It's got a 1900 attack, but the nice thing is, when it's sitting in your graveyard, you can send one plant type monster from your hand to the graveyard to special summon your World carrot Weight Champion, back onto the field. So if you got something in your hand, like a Rose Lover, or another card that you really don't need to have in your hand, or Spore, or something like that, if you open up with that kind of thing, because odds are you're going to open up with the cards you don't want to open up with, but having World carrot Weight Champion in the graveyard allows you to control what you want to put into the graveyard in exchange for a special summon. And that'll set you up... For your Sylvan Guardiok, it's a level 6 plant. Uh, It only requires one monster for Tribute, so you could really use your Carrot Weight Tribute into Sylvan Guardiok and uh, activate its effect. Where once per turn you can choose a number from 1 to 3, then excavate that many cards from the top of your deck. Send any excavated plant-type monsters to the graveyard, and also uh, place the other cards in the bottom of your deck in any order. If this card is excavated from your deck and sent to the graveyard by a card effect, you can target one other plant-type monster in your graveyard and place that target on the top of your deck. So uh, this has multiple uses. It can set you up for your next draw, it can set you up for your next mill, there's a whole lot you could do with it. And then finally, I run my three copies of Sylvan Marsh uh, Leaf. It's a level three plant, 1500 attack. When this card is normal summoned, you can choose either one or two, and then excavate that many cards from the top of your deck. Send any plant type monsters to the graveyard and place the other cards on the bottom of your deck in any order. If this card is excavated from your deck and sent to the graveyard, you can target one monster on the field and destroy that target. So ultimately, what do you want to send to the graveyard? Well, Basically, most of the deck. You want to send a Marshmallow Leaf to the uh, graveyard to pop a monster. You want to send your uh, Comashrumo to the graveyard as well. You also want to have your Spore sitting in your graveyard or a Rose Lover sitting in your graveyard. You're able to then special summon a trap-resistant plant monster for the remainder of that turn. I mean, this deck works so well with uh, just putting monsters into the graveyard that have solid effects. Now, having Jar of Avarice in here, it's a game-changer, because not only does it allow you to draw an extra card, but it allows you to control what's going back into your deck. Maybe your opponent is back-row heavy, so you want to put a bunch of Comus Rumos back into your deck, or if, if your opponent hardly is playing any back-row and they're using just monsters, shuffle back in some Sylvan Marshmallow Leafs uh, back into your deck, and then hopefully mill them to pop monsters on your opponent's side of the field. So, uh, overall, this deck is fantastic i'm having a lot of fun playing with it but the fact that it gives you extra life by running this deck with jar of avarice is just a bit of a game changer but also i'm really looking forward to having more copies of spore introduced into the game probably through an upcoming box set so it's something worth looking into Um, if you don't have a copy just sit tight i'm sure one will be available uh, probably in a future box Um, but anyway that's it for my casual deck of the week i will see you next time take care
0: All right, thanks, Doug. And you can check out his cool decks every week on this podcast or check them out on his Twitter page, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk. Upcoming news, Kaiba Cup is starting. It'll be be around next week, November 14th. We'll probably be in Stage 1 by then, and it ends on the 24th of November. So I'll take up the bulk, the middle, middle part of this week, I mean this month. November... Uh, Tour Guide's Mission Bingo with Kite Roid. We have a new Roid monster. Late November, Tag Duel Tournament with Violon Prison and Dark Archetype. Two new monsters. Uh, Alluring Alexis is coming. New cards, Cyber Tutubon and Magnificent Magnificent Machine Angel. Uh, Late late November, Yubel and Jaden Yubel are retired. Their events are officially over. And the update of checking the list during your opponent's turn. I am still unclear if this has been enacted, but I feel like it has been. I, I've seen it in a tip screen, but it's possible they just put the tip screen out prematurely. I don't I don't really know. Okay, so that is it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you very much. Listen and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you check out your podcast. All the notes here are on the dualassessment.wordpress.com and you could find me on Twitter @dual_assessment or me at Green CCG. Hopefully I will remember to have any question of the week for the upcoming episode, episode 140. Alright, that is it everyone. Thank you very much and I will see you next time.